hey, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been stuck? Is there anybody here that's ever been stuck in the mud or stuck, period? I believe probably most of us here have been stuck and maybe stuck in the mud. Can I tell you something that happened to me this week? I was uh, at a place and pulled off the main path and there was some grass and as you know, we had a torrential downpour of rain one day this week and I was just going to turn around. I'm in my dad's vehicle, now it's mine and praise the Lord, he's with Jesus in heaven. But as I turned, I it's front-wheel drive, I might add. I felt the tires sinking down into the mud. Well, I said, no problem. It wasn't mud, per se. It was grass, but yet it was soggy and uh, saturated with water. And so the wheels began to spin. So I put it in reverse and tried to back out and could see that I was getting uh, nowhere. So I began to dig around the tires and uh, put some sticks and things on there to say, well, I can get out. I'm not going to uh, give up yet. Well, after about 10 minutes or so, question, what do you do when you get stuck? You call your son, right? So I called Jeremy. I said, uh, I wonder if he was around anywhere in the area. I said, uh, uh, Jeremy, I, I, I'm kind of stuck here. I said, but I think I can get out. You know what? You know you're getting older when your son tells you what to do. Can I get a witness? Anyway, he said, <laughs> he said, Dad, if you keep spinning them tires, you're just going to make a worse mess. You're just going to get deeper in the mud. Well, he was right. And so finally I had uh, my friend uh, to come and pull me out. Uh, so he did. Anyway, it was a bad feeling when you get stuck. Is there anybody here today that's feeling stuck? You see things going on in our world, in our community, in our families, in the school, in the church, or wherever, and you feel stuck. Maybe there's some people here today you feel stuck in a relationship. Well, I want to tell you, when, when I finally got out of that <laughs> mud hole, man, it was a great feeling. It was just a great feeling to get back on the road again. And I want to share with you today a message entitled, Have No Fear, Jesus is Near. Have No Fear, Jesus is Near. Is there anybody here today that's facing fear these days? I shared with you on one of the calling posts, I love 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where Paul wrote to his son in the Lord, Timothy, and said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Have no fear, Jesus is not only near, but Jesus is here. Have no fear, Jesus will hear. Yes, H-E-A-R. Have no fear, for the Lord Jesus will appear. And I want to give you three reasons as we look at the Word of God today that you and I, uh, although we might feel stuck, we can get pulled out of the rut and have no fear. So, grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. Have no fear, Jesus is near. And I'm convinced there's a lot of us today that you've been facing some insecurities and some lack of peace, if I can put it that way. 
with all that's going on in America and even our beloved state, as well as, again, our culture. Revelation chapter 22. Now, I felt led of the Lord to go to this text, and today we're just going to look at one verse, and there are three reasons or ways, you might say, to get unstuck. And the first way, I'll bring them up on the screen in a moment, is are you stuck in the mud? Are you listening? If you're listening, say amen. Are you stuck in the mud of discouragement or depression? Are you stuck in the mud of discouragement or depression? Well, have no fear because Jesus will hear. H-E-A-R. Have no fear. Jesus will hear. That is, he'll hear our call. You don't have to stay stuck in the mud of disappointment because disappointment can turn into God's appointment and divine appointment. But have no fear because Jesus will hear. Number two, are you stuck in the mud, watch this, are you stuck in the mud of the fear of the future? Is there anybody here that's kind of apprehensive about what's going to happen next? I mean, tomorrow and, and Christmas time and, and New Year's and after that and, and when this vaccine and these things that are going on, are you stuck in the mud of the fear of the future? What if, what if, what if? And then thirdly, we'll see in a moment, uh, are you stuck in the mud not only of discouragement and depression, have no fear, Jesus will hear. And secondly, are you stuck in the mud of fear of the future? Have no fear. Why? Because Jesus Christ is near. And then thirdly, are you stuck in the mud and need the Prince of Peace to pull you out? Have no fear. Why? Because Jesus Christ will appear. We're looking today at this great last chapter of the book of Revelation. We've progressed through the book of Revelation, chapter 1, all the way up to chapter 22. And you'll note in this wonderful description of the new Jerusalem. It's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten back into the text. I'll not take time to share a lot of information concerning where we're at, but simply to launch into the text after chapter 21 is the description of, in chapter 21, the new Jerusalem and so much we have to look forward to. And then John goes into chapter 22, and I'll just pick up, I guess, in verse 1. If you'd like to stand to read the wonderful Word of God, you can do so right now. In chapter 22 of the book of Revelation, keep in mind, this is futuristic. John said, write the things you've seen, write the things that are, write the things that shall be hereafter, Revelation 1 and 19. The glorified Christ, the seven churches, and then the snatching away of the bride of Christ along with the judgment of God, which will be poured out in rapidity and severity upon planet earth in the form of seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven vials, culminating, yes, uh, um, actually consummating and culminating in the battle of all battles, named the battle of Armageddon, described in Revelation 19. Then Christ will come, inaugurate his kingdom, his kingdom there shall be no end. And then John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. We pick up in chapter 22. He showed me a pure river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit, never month, and the leaves of the tree 
were for the therapuo, the healing of the ethnos, nations, Gentiles. And there should be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb should be in it. His servants shall serve him. I love that. And they shall see his face. Can you imagine how that's going to be? To see the face of our Savior. And they can see his face. And his name should be upon their forehead. And there should be no more night there. They need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign. I like this. Reign forever and forever. And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Here's the text for today. Ready? Here it is. Verse 7. Behold, stop, look, and listen. Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Let's say it together. Behold, I come quickly. One more time. Word quickly there, as I mentioned before, is the word tekos, and uh, t- which uh, technos means uh, tachometer. Things are indeed revving up here on earth. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you today. Bless you that you're a living God. You faced everything we'll ever face and more, and yet you came triumphantly over the grave and sin and death and hell. And Lord Jesus, we bless you today that you make us overcomers. In you we live and move and have our being. We need great grace today. We need your strength today. We need your wisdom today. We need your unction today. We need your anointing today. We need your resurrection power today. Oh, Father, we pray now that uh, you'll envelop this place, that you'll manifest your Shekinah glory, and that we would sense the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Our Father, I pray you'll pull us up out, out of the bog holes and being stuck in depression and stuck in feeling insecure and stuck in feeling fearful in these days. But God give us wings like an eagle to soar in the heavenly places in spite of all of our circumstances and culture and things that are out of our control. We honor you that you are in control and on your throne and your word is forever set in heaven. It's going to be fulfilled. It is being fulfilled because you're a mighty God and you're trustworthy and we can believe you because you hadn't let us down thus far and you're not going to let us down now. We thank you the promises the best is yet to come that you're going to come back and get us one glorious day and we're going to be caught up together to be with you in the clouds, in the air and our loved ones joining us together. Oh God, I look forward to that and then and so shall we ever be with you I pray that, Father God, our hearts would palpitate with joy this morning, that, Lord, you'll cause us to see that you'll send your wrecking crew from heaven and pull us out of whatever things we're going through in our life. 
And we ask now to change hearts and save the lost and revive the saved. Those listening by way of live stream as well as those here. Oh, Lord, we're unworthy, but you're worthy. We're nothing but you're everything. And we, again, say we love you because of your great love for us. I want to thank you for the blood, all oh, the precious cleansing blood, the redeeming blood, the overcoming blood of the Lamb of God. Our Lord, stretch forth your hand to power. And we pray now that you'd fortify us with mountain-moving and sin-killing devil-defying faith. That kind of faith that says, I will not let you go until you bless me. That kind of faith, Lord, that calls those things which be not as though they were. Lord, give us eyes to see, hearts to believe, hands to receive. And when all is said and done, we'll give you glory because you are worthy and you're a great and mighty God. And we say, hallelujah, the Lord. Lord God, omnipotent reigneth in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Have no fear. Jesus is near. Number one, are you stuck in the mud of discouragement or depression? Have no fear. Jesus will hear. Two, are you stuck in the mud of the fear of the future? Have no fear. Jesus is near. Thirdly, are you stuck in the mud and needing the Prince of Peace to pull you out like I needed? Oh, yes, for the Lord to pull me out and have no fear why Jesus will appear. I'm convinced every one of us are here by divine appointment. I'm convinced you need a word from God. Don't you believe that? How many of y'all need a word from God? Yeah, some of you aren't even listening right now. I said, how many of you need a word from God? You need a word from God. Don't let the devil lure you to sleep. You're going to need this this week, okay? You're going to need this today, okay? You need a breakthrough. And some are feeling insecure and things going through and situations that we can't control. I need, and I'm convinced you all, every one of us, need the Lord to strengthen our faith. Can I get an amen? Oh, yes, you know what I'm talking about. So if you'll hear and you'll do what God tells you to do, I believe the Lord is going to strengthen your faith this morning and cause you and me to walk away from here saying, Hallelujah, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. And my Lord said he's not going to leave me nor forsake me. And no matter what's going on in my culture or whatever, I can say I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Listen, are you stuck? Are you stuck in the mud of discouragement and depression, number one? Can I take a quick survey? Be honest. How many of y'all have been discouraged lately? Let me see your hand. Yeah, probably most of us here have, haven't we? Come on, be honest. Things going on. Most of us here, those who didn't raise your hand, how long have you been lying? Yeah. We've all faced some discouragement. Hey, by the way, this is S-A-D, SAD. Season Attention Disorder. You understand, right? Well, how can we not be discouraged and not be depressed at a time such as this? I'll tell you, have no fear because Jesus Christ will hear. I talked with somebody not long ago. In fact, me and Deanna were talking not long ago. And here's what she said. See if you agree with me. 
She said, I feel like I'm living in a foreign country. You go to a store and you can't even hardly tell who anybody is. People are wearing masks and you can't even tell who they are. Lady came to church here a week or two ago. I looked at her and she walked by. I said, she said, hey, you know who I am, don't you? And I said, no. She had a mask on, a hat on. I said, I'm not an ophthalmologist, hello. I can't read eyes, all right? But this is a different time. Uh, this is an unparalleled time in human history. Uh, it can get you discouraged. Yes, we're almost set back, as it were, in time. But have no fear. Jesus will hear. He'll hear. He'll hear what? He'll hear our cry. Do you believe that? I said, he'll hear our cry. Do you believe that? He'll hear when we call upon him. In fact, Jeremiah 33, Jeremiah said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I believe the Lord hears us when we call. Do you? If you don't, no, don't pray. No need for you to pray. If you're not going to pray in faith, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so have no fear, no need to fear because Jesus Christ will hear. All you got to do is call upon him. Will you call upon him today? Mamas, will you call upon him today? Daddies, will you call upon him today? Grandparents, will you call upon him today? We weren't meant to try to carry the load by ourselves. Just call upon him, would you? Would you call upon him? You know, speaking of that, uh, have no fear that Jesus is here and Jesus is near. Uh, we're living again at this time where uh, fear can paralyze us. I want you to learn this acronym, okay? I've shared it before, but I don't know if you forgot it or not. You ready? F-E-A-R, fear. What does it stand for? False evidence appearing real. Say it again. False evidence appearing real. Fear. You see, fear is phobia. Fear strikes us. It debilitates us. And the enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy. Yes, he growls and he roars, as 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we are stricken with fear, phobias. Jesus said, Fear thou not. I'm with thee. Be not dismayed. I am thy God. I'll help thee. Yea, I will strengthen thee. I'll uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That's Isaiah 41, 10. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. Thy peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hey, can I tell you all something? Why do I quote these scripture verses? I'll tell you why. Because when I get down and I get discouraged and I get depressed, nothing else will bring me out of the mud like the Word of God will. By the Spirit of God. God's real, and when we go to His Word, it just, <laughs> kind of like old Popeye, you know, the sailor man with his spinach. It's, it's better than that. I'm telling you, the Word of God, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to cut and pierce, bone and marrow, able to judge intention of any human heart. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us. So we're living at a time unparalleled. What do you do when you're stuck in the mud? What do you do? Speaking of stuck, I was talking with our son-in-law 
the other day, Paul, and Paul's a deer hunter. How many deer hunters we got in the bunch today? Come on. Bless your heart. I'm not going to ask you if you got anything yet. But anyway, Paul told me this. He said he was sitting out there in the woods. He said the biggest buck he had ever seen in his life came walking out right in front of him. He said, man, that buck had a rack. He said, and I'm not exaggerating, he said he was humongous. He said, I put my rifle up, and I looked through the sights. I pulled the trigger, click, and nothing happened. He said, I couldn't believe it. I said, well, what would you do then? He said, the buck just stood right in front of me. It was a trophy buck. He said, I put the sights on him again, and click. Nothing happened again. I said, you're kidding. He said, no. And I said, what would you do then? He said, the deer went running off in the bushes. I said, you throw your gun at him? I believe I'd have thrown it at him or something, for heaven's sake. By the way, he eats all the meat, those of you animal lovers. And by the way, I'd like to see some of the deer thinned out so they won't hit our cars. Can I get a witness? Amen. Anyway, and uh, here's what he said. He said, I pulled the bullet out and saw where the... Uh, you know, the bullet had been indented, but it was just a bad bullet. Has that ever happened to you? I said, well, what did you do then? He said, I just sat there. I said, well, what happened then? He said, another deer came by. I shot him. I said, really? Yep. What am I saying? I'm saying this. Have no fear. Why? Jesus is near, and Jesus will hear. Will you call upon him today? Behold, I come quickly. I'll tell you what, when I get down and discouraged, when I look around and see what's going on in our state, in our nation, and see things happening in our culture, in our families, I I'll tell you what, it can really get me down. But when I start reading, especially the book of Revelation, I, got to, I get to thinking about how the Lord has already said He knows how this thing's going to turn out, that He's not slack concerning His promises. He's not asleep. No, He doesn't lie down and, and take a nap. He's not a man that he should lie. Oh, no, our thoughts aren't his thoughts. As the heavens are higher than our thoughts, so are his thoughts higher than our thoughts. Yes, the Lord neither slumbers nor sleeps, according to Psalm 121. He knows when one little sparrow falls to the earth. I say, thank you, Lord. You said you know every hair on our head. What a mighty God we serve. He knows everything. He's everywhere. He's got all power, according to Psalm 139. He's a great God, a mighty God. I'm telling you today. He's a way maker. He's a chain breaker. He's a grave robber. He is a mountain mover. Anybody know him today as a storm calmer? He's a promise keeper. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He will not fail. He cannot fail. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He knows what you're going through. He knows our frame. He's promised not to leave us nor forsake us. He said he's going to be all the way no matter what happens to us he's given us some great and mighty promises I'm telling you there's no God like our God and so today though you might feel discouraged depressed know this Jesus have no fear Jesus will hear number two are you stuck in the mud of the fear of the future have no fear Jesus is here that's right, he's here through his Holy Spirit. He's here, he knows. And as I shared with you before, 
His divine will is being orchestrated before our very eyes. In fact, Solomon said, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turns it whithersoever way he will. That's Proverbs 21.1. In fact, I've read over there in Revelation 17.17 in that uh, description of the false church, that apostate church, that will be very prominent at the beginning of the tribulation. And furthermore, we can see it now already coming into shape. And yet, in chapter 17 of the mystery Babylon, religious Babylon, the Lord said through John, he put it in the king's heart to fulfill his will. I tell you, that brings me great comfort and great encouragement. Doesn't it you? Oh, yes. It, it brings me great confidence that God knows what's going on. And yet, watch this, I can trust him. Are you trusting the Lord? Are you trusting the Lord? Are you depending upon the Lord? Are you relying upon the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you saying, Lord, I can't, but you can. I'm not, but you are. I need grace for the race because he said my grace will be sufficient for you. Are you stuck in the mud of the fear of the future? In the context of the end time in the gospel of Luke chapter 21, Luke records these words, the physician and the historian. He said, what we call the Olivet Discourse, the last week of our Lord's life, he pours into disciples concerning matters that would come hereafter. He wanted them to know. Yea, he wanted us to know. Thank God he did. And he said in that 21st chapter, starting in verse 24, he said, They shall fall by the edge of the sword and be taken captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trotted down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. There shall be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, distress of nations, perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts, listen, men's hearts failing them for fear, for the things which have come upon the earth. And then shall the Son of God come in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Look up, your redemption draws nigh. He's saying this, in these days we would be facing unparalleled times. Jesus Christ was preparing us. The Lord is telling us we should not be surprised. In fact, 1 Peter 4 and verse number 12 comes to mind. Peter, who understood about persecution, ultimately was crucified upside down, we're told, by historians, died a martyr's death. And Peter said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice in as much as you're partakers of Christ's suffering." And then he said, yet if any man suffer, verse 16 of 1 Peter 4, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Somebody asked me, what does that mean? I think that refers to the judgment seat of Christ. Hey, look, when we are raptured up or when the Lord comes back again, we'll appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Have to give an account of our life. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 says, Let every one of us appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that we may receive what we've done in the body, whether it be good or bad. The time must come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin with us, what should be the end to them that obey not the gospel of God? For if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let him that suffer according to the will of God Commit the keeping of a soul unto him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. What am I saying? I'm saying this. 
Are you stuck in the mud of fear of the future? What in the world are we going to face in 2021? Oh, this time last year I said the same thing. No one knew, including me, what we would see, what we would face, how we respond. But the Lord is already there. <laughs> He's already there. Oh, yes. So, are you stuck in the mud of the fear of the future? I want to give you four black clouds on the horizon that indicate to me there's some troubling storms brewing in the future. That's my opinion. No, I know the Lord's in control, but let me give you these four black clouds. One, the Muslim movement. Two, the global goals. Three, the Palestinian persecutions. And we'll see, number four, the deadly diseases. Let me just pause there for a moment. I recall five years ago, quoting from the Consumer Report magazine that stated we would be facing in years to come a superbug whereby antibiotics would not be able to treat these kind of viruses. I don't know if you remember that or not, but I said that and people just said, yeah, right, we live in America. We've got technology. Are you crazy? We've got everything we need here. We're the superpower of the world, and yet we're experiencing some times we've never seen before. So what am I saying? I'm saying, number one, these black clouds, the fear of the future. Now, I believe uh, as I was pray praying with a dear lady, a uh, senior adult in the church, she prayed, and I prayed this week, had the privilege of praying with many of our dear beloved church family, and here's what she said. She said, Dear God, withstand, withhold your judgment on America. She said that. It was quickening my heart when she prayed it. And when she finished praying, I prayed, and I said, that what you said registered, it resonated in my heart, the judgment of God. How many know that God is a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment? Hello. He's a God of holiness. And, and I believe uh, these black clouds on the horizon according to the Word of God, indicate we're facing and going to be experiencing some troubling days in the future. I know that sounds pessimistic. However, I'm a realist, and I believe what the Word of God teaches. Watch this. The judgment of God on America. Billy Graham once said, if God does not judge America, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm saying this, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, Proverbs 14, 34. And the wicked shall be turned into hell, and every nation that forgets God, that's uh, Psalm chapter 9 and verse 17. Yes, watch this, Proverbs 29, 2. The Scripture says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rue, the people mourn. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Word of God is true. Yes, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Let's say that together. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And yet, I'm reminded of one of God's choicest servants in the Old Testament, namely David. Remember when David sinned as in counting the people instead of trusting God? God gave him an option of three repercussions 
three consequences of not trusting the Lord. You remember that? He said either famine or the enemy will take over or a plague. Do you know how much, how many people were killed through that plague during the days of David? 70,000. Until God withstood his hand of judgment. Oh, I know we don't want to hear this, but I'm telling you, we need to be prepared. Yes, we need to know what we ought to be doing, not giving up and not going back, but keep on looking up. Here's the four words that give me an indication. We may be facing some black clouds on the horizon. Number one, the Muslim movement. These are the facts and not speculation. December the 2nd, just a few days ago, do you hear me? December the 2nd. Our Vice President Biden, who may be elected as president, is still pending at the moment. However, he met with the Muslims, and namely, he met with uh, Iran. Have you heard it? Have you read about it? And you know what transpired? Here's what transpired, according to the article I read. He's going to withdraw everything President Trump's agreements and plans for the sanctions on Iran and he's planning on lessening uh, the uh, sanctions on Iran. And I just want to tell you, in case you don't know, Iran is not really a friend of America. In fact, we're labeled as the big Satan in Iranian eyes. And not only that, but Israel is the little Satan. And in fact, let me go on record in case you're still not convinced I've read over there in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and verse 5, the term Persia is mentioned, which will be included in that coalition of nations that will invade Israel from the north. And I believe that will take place at the beginning of the tribulation. Others place that right before. Uh, I'm so, right before the tribulation, before the rapture of the church. I know this. I know that. Uh, I know that. Uh, that once these policies are put into place, and once, uh, let me just put it this way. I don't trust Iran. You can look at a liar and tell somebody's lying. Can I get a witness? Amen. And uh, anyway, troubling signs. Black clouds, judgment of God. How should we respond as Christians? The hour's late, but I want to tell you something, beloved. The church literally exploded in the book of Acts as persecution intensified, and that's our response, right? We're not going to quit. It doesn't matter what happens. Bless God, I've read the book, and I'm on the winning team, and the Lord said, suffering today, rewards tomorrow. Cross today, crown tomorrow. I'm about to start shouting right there. Paul put it this way, Romans 8, 18. I reckon that the present suffering is not worthy to be compared to the glory that should be revealed in us. That's Romans 8, 18. And then Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. But if we deny him, he'll deny us. Yes, uh, as 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, Peter said, the testing of your faith being much more precious than of gold, though it be tried with fire. Number one, the Muslim movement. Number two, the second black cloud I see on the horizon. Remember now, have no fear. Jesus is here. And, and you know, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Secondly, the global goal. What do I mean by that? All you have to do is turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 13. 
and see that this Antichrist, this one world government is going to be put into place prior and during the time of the tribulation. And I want to tell you, all you got to do is listen to what some of the politicians are saying and to know that they are globalistic in their agenda, in their vision, and in the implementation of their uh, policies. All right? So what am I saying? I'm saying this. I'm saying that Revelation 13 says this man of sin, watch this, he'll be worshipped by the whole world. That's right. He'll have favor and charisma. Oh, really? Well, what's going on right now in our world over in the EU and China and, you know, Korea, North Korea? I mean, is this thing going to stand? I mean, well, what about the kings of the east? Are they going to really march over the Euphrates River? Absolutely. Revelation chapter 16 and verse 12. What about some of the other uh, events uh, concerning, uh, you know, a global vaccine? Have we ever seen a time, and I'm asking, have we ever seen a time in our world for our world to be so ripe for a leader to step on the scene and have answers? Economically, politically, militarily, financially, religiously, it's all predicted in the book of Revelation. And so I'm saying this, that there is troubling clouds on the horizon. It's all right. I've read the book. Hey, are you stuck in the mud of fear? See, if I don't know this, I'm going to be blindsided, and then when the frenzy of uh, panic takes place, I'll be caught right in it. However, if I'm told beforehand, I will anticipate it. If I'm foretold, I'll know what's coming, and I'll know what I ought to do. The men of Issachar, 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 they were men understanding the times in which they were living, that they knew what they ought to do. I believe, beloved, there's no time like right now. I believe it right now is the best time on human history to share the good news that Jesus Christ still lives. And he died and he rose and his word is forever set in heaven. He is coming again. We better get ready. Why? Because not only the Muslim movement, and the global agenda, namely the global goals, but thirdly, the Palestinian persecution. I will not labor this very long other than saying documented truth. President of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, he called Vice President Joe Biden. You know what he said? He congratulated him on supposedly winning the election. This isn't up for debate, this information. It happened. What am I saying? I'm saying this. The Palestinians, including uh, Mahmoud Abbas, were, if I can go on record as saying, I'd go as far as saying they were not favorable to America over the last few years, nor have they been favorable over Israel. Can you hear me? I said this, Psalm 122, verse 6 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let's say that together. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. One more time. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And I want to tell you something. The Lord in His Word, and His Word has not been altered. It has not, and sorry, but my Muslim 
uh, friends who I obviously disagree with, they use the term abrogated for the Quran. You know the Quran has been abrogated. That is, it's been changed. It's just according on, you know, the times and the seasons. But the Bible hadn't been abrogated. It's forever set in heaven. <laughs> oh, yes. It's, it's, it's the Word of God. It's sealed. It's the canon of Scripture. But wait a minute. So, now, I will not uh, argue with you on this uh, particular point, but I personally believe, my personal opinion, that the Palestinians have come from the descendants of Esau. I derived that conclusion from the book of Genesis, chapter 36, in the matter of Esau relocating to Edom, which is Petra, uh, modern-day Petra. Or, uh, and yet, I also derived that particular conclusion. If you do a research study on the descendants of Esau, you'll find out uh, not only would there be Amalek found in the book of uh, Exodus chapter 17, but you'd also find out Agag, the king, in whom Saul was told to kill, but he didn't, and Samuel eventually finished the job. Plus, Haman, in addition to Herod, all are descendants of Esau. There's one commonality between all of those I just mentioned. Namely, they came against Israel to exterminate Israel off the face of the earth. Here's what I'm saying. According to Bible prophecy, the book of Obadiah, if you'll read it, you'll see very severely the Lord God Almighty pronounces judgment on the Edomites. Why? As I just mentioned, for the same reasons. But I did not mention the temple was burned down 586 B.C. and many writings, documented articles state that the Edomites stood by and some even suggest they participated in burning down the temple. How many know that wasn't too favorable with Almighty God? In fact, it was so putrefying and it was so uh, such a wrong thing to do, the Lord pronounces judgment on the Edomites. And the uh, descendants of Esau, you can read about it in the book of Ezekiel. I think it's chapter 35. What am I saying? I'm saying you and I are going to see and you've probably already figured this out. We're going to see a trend. If things continue to go in the direction they're going, have no fear. Jesus is here. The Palestinian persecution. Number four, the deadly diseases. I've already alluded to the fact that this word is used in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. I have not mentioned that. Verse 7, Matthew 24, 7. Keep in mind, this is the Olivet Discourse. Keep in mind, this is when Jesus is telling the disciples what's to come hereafter, okay? He's telling them what's to come hereafter. And in the context of Matthew 24, it's in regards to his second coming, not the rapture. Now, there are some of the details that are certainly applicable and visible today, and we can see them unfolding before our very eyes. Like what? Like, for example, wars and rumors of wars. Like, for example... Earthquakes in diverse places. Like, for example, false prophets, pseudo-prophetai, rising up. Like, for example, as he mentions Matthew, the tax collector, uh, who notes that in these end times would be, what's this, pestilences. It's the word used in Matthew 24, verse 7. And by the way, the word is infectious diseases. Can I give you another reference? All right. Revelation chapter 6, in regards to the opening of these seven seals. Remember the fourth seal? Not only the first seal, the white horse rider, 
uh, the crown on his head and the bow in his hand, the conquering Antichrist, and not only the red horse rider who takes peace from the earth, and not only the black horse rider who has a pair of balance in his hands, a wheat for a penny and a penny for a wheat, uh, economic boycott during the time of the tribulation because he calls all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, receive a mark in their right hand or their forehead that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark of the beast. And that's Revelation 13, verse 16 through 18. I know what you're thinking. You say, wait a minute, how do you tie all that together? Here's how I tie it together. If a person doesn't receive mark of the beast, they'll not be able to buy or sell. And that is in reference to... Uh, the uh, uh, third seal in Revelation 6, by the way. Let me just throw this in. All right? Matthew 24 parallels with Revelation chapter 6. How many knew that? Look at it. Look at the, the comparison, especially teachers, how many teachers we have in the church today. Look at Revelation 6 and look at Matthew 24. You'll see a great parallel between the two. But I said all that to say this. In the fourth seal, that is the pale chloros rider, in Revelation 6, where the opening of these seals come to pass, there's a mention of beast and death. In fact, one-fourth of the population will die during the tribulation. When that fourth seal, that fourth rider, that chloros is the word for pale in the Greek, which means uh, a greenish uh, type of horse, chloros, yellow-greenish. And, and see, here's what's going to happen. In Revelation 6, the word beast can be translated as diseases. All I'm saying is this, these are troubling signs on the future. But wait a minute, time out. Have no fear. Why? Because Jesus will hear. Can I just say this to y'all? You're sitting here, you hear this a lot on Sunday. But guess what? There's a world out there, there, that doesn't hear this on Sunday. You need to go tell them. That's why you're here right now. You say, well, Pastor, I've heard this before. Well, guess what? We learn by repetition. And guess what? Our challenge, responsibility, is to go and tell. We gather for worship. We scatter for witness. Why am I telling you this? Just to waste time? Absolutely not. To equip the saints so that you'll be able to be prepared to know what's ahead. Jesus said, I forewarned you of all these things in Mark's Gospel, chapter 13. I forewarned you of all these things. But yet the average Christian with something happening, <gasps> perplexity, men's hearts failing for fear. We're just <laughs> taken by surprise. Why? Because we live in the world, but wait a minute. We're not to be of the world. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he's in the world. And, and oftentimes we're just so connected, and me included, to our culture that the Bible just sometimes goes over our head. It's almost as if, why is this happening? And where's God in all this? He's already told us this stuff's going to happen. Hello? We shouldn't be surprised. But he's not caught off guard. Now, I've got to quickly enclose here because are you stuck in the mud of the fear of the future? Jesus is here. Have no fear. Discouragement, depression. Have no fear. Jesus will hear. You say, but pastor, I'm terrified if I get this coronavirus. You know what? Nobody wants to get it. But there's some things you and I are limited in what we can control. And here's the deal. You and I just need to surrender ourselves as a living sacrifice to God and watch this, do everything we can with wisdom as to social distancing and so forth and so on. All right? So wisdom. But that doesn't mean that uh, 
unless the Lord leads you. If you've got underlying health issues, that's a different story. But to go and dig a hole and hide in the ground. Uh, can I just go on record? I know you may not agree with me on this, but i got to say it. I just feel impressed to say it right now. I've got a feeling that all of us, me included, have gotten a self-preservation mode. We've got to protect ourselves, hide ourselves. The last time I read it, all the disciples died a martyr's death. Hello. Now, I'm not saying we do stuff foolishly and end our life early. I am saying this. Jesus said, not me. Jesus said, he that loves his life shall lose it. And whosoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. That's diametrically opposed to what we're told. We're told, oh, do this, you know, hide your, go dig, you know. And I'm not against those who need to do that, but I'm saying this. We're here for a purpose. It's not to live for ourselves. It's to live for him who died for us and rose again. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Okay? Can I also tell you something else? My time's running out, but Sunday school's not going to happen. So anyway, that's praise the Lord. Did y'all hear about California? I find this very interesting. California, the political pundits, namely Governor Newsom, are trying to shut down all the churches. Have y'all heard? But guess what? The Supreme Court voted last week. They couldn't do it. What does that tell you? It tells me a lot. And I'm not going to go there right now, but I thought I'd just mention it in the light of what we're going through right now. The churches over there are trying to stay open and stay open with safety being put in place. Quite a contrast and comparison, wouldn't you say? Just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about it. Oh, really? Yeah. And then finally, last but not least, have no fear. Jesus is near. Watch this. Last but not least, are you stuck in the mud and needing the Prince of Peace to pull you out? I believe today we've talked a lot about being stuck. And there's some of you, if you'll stand to your feet right this moment, I believe there's some of us today that have been hindered and haunted by phobia. Fear, what if, what if, what if. Right now, you need to face your fears, fight your fears, forget your fears. That is, don't feed your fears. No, fight your fears, feed your faith. Again, that does not mean foolishness, but it means this. Whether we eat or drink, whatsoever we do, do it all to the glory of God. Are you stuck right now in the mud? It might be something that I did not even mention today. It might be stuck in insecurity right now. It might be stuck in not knowing what to do. You might be stuck in debt right now. You might feel discouraged and depressed because things aren't going your way. Maybe it's a relationship that, uh, uh, that uh, you can't control and you want to. Whatever it is, let's know. Have no fear. Jesus will hear. He'll hear your call. Let's call out to him with clean hands, a pure heart. Let's call unto him as we approach his throne, confessing our sins, plural, and believing that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, plural, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we get a line to heaven. Yes, we can call upon the Lord now. 
Is there anybody here that wants to lift up or intercede for a friend or a family that you know is caught right in this and they're not hearing the truth of God? They're not hearing the Word of God and you are hearing the truth and the truth is setting us free and you can go and tell. Maybe right now the Lord is putting somebody on your heart to go and tell, to go and share, to go and be a blessing. Call them on the phone. Send them a text message. Let them know that there's hope in the Lord. Yes, there's life in the Lord that the Word of God has been fulfilled in the past, is being fulfilled in the present, and it will indeed come to pass just like the Lord Jesus has said it would. Behold, I come quickly. So whatever we do, we really need to be about the Master's business, whatever that might mean. I know we're restricted. I know we're limited. But do what you can. Hear me. Do what you can. Just do what you can. Don't worry about what you can't do. Do what you can. Let's make the best of it, beloved. Let's rise above it and pray for God's grace and for the race. And uh, so, Lord, we come now and bless you that your word has spoken volumes. And, Jesus, we know you're coming one glorious day. But until that day, I pray, Father, for, again, your extraordinary supernatural grace to run the race, to love you, to serve you, to make a difference, to love not our lives and yet to love you more than we love anything else. Oh, God, we pray you'll fulfill your will in New Rocky Creek Baptist Church and in this community in Jasper County and the schools and the children and those that are here that are facing this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Father, Sunday, and we're bombarded all the time with the news and bad news. And, and oh, God, I pray now you'll break us free. You'll get us unstuck. Send your Holy Ghost to... Your reckon service to pull us out of being stuck. We thank you now and praise you for victory, oh God. We give you glory now. Bless your name. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for changing us. Thank you for encouraging us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. It's about eyes are closed. Garrett, sing you what number, Brother Garrett?